I think you're my first co-host under the Grown Ass Woman's Guide brand. Awesome. I'm honored. <laughs> Thrilled. Well, you know, sometimes you put stuff out in social media and I'm like high-fiving you from afar. Yeah. I think we have very similar views and mm-hmm. moxie. Yeah. Yeah. We love being oh. grown ass women. Back in 2011, when I was still in my 30s, I launched my very first podcast. I was co-host of a show called Broadscast that tackled pop culture and current events, but always through the lens of a woman. One of the things I loved about doing that show was having someone else to chat with and bounce ideas off of. Sometimes we interviewed newsmakers, but sometimes we just talked candidly about what was on our minds. I kind of missed that. And that's why I have opened up to the idea of having occasional co-hosted episodes here at the Grown Ass Woman's Guide. In fact, if you're listening now and thinking, yes, I would love to be co-host, I will drop the application form in the show description. My very first co-host today is Jen Vertinen. You are going to love her. She's honest, vulnerable, and really funny. We talk everything from relationships to losing loved ones to life coaching. And yeah, we've got some opinions on that one. This is the Grown Ass Woman's Guide. I'm your host, Jackie McDougal. What does it mean to you to be a grown ass woman? Mm, I think it means owning your shit, the mm-hmm. good, the bad, the ugly, everything, owning your role in sometimes being the asshole apologizing for it. I think it means doing the wait, work. T- t- wait, stop there. Yeah. What do, you, what do you mean being the asshole? Oh, I think each of us oftentimes mm-hmm. unintentionally can hurt other people. Mm. Right. And it's, you know, hurt people, hurt people as the saying goes. Yes. And so owning when your role in maybe not being who you wanted to be in an interaction. And I'm thinking specifically with my husband, okay. with my children. I think you're right. Like being accountable to yourself. Yeah. 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 And I think doing the work to become as emotionally whole as you possibly can. Mm -hmm. I think that the work is always there. It's always ongoing. Sometimes we have the bandwidth to do more of it. Sometimes life is chaotic and we just don't have the bandwidth. But kind of that being that emotionally whole, present in your life person. Yeah. How did you get there? Like, were you born just, uh, and I know the answer to this already, but like, were you born just like, oh, I'm emotionally whole and and lovely? (laughs) Lord, no. I mean, I have 53 years of stories, but the one that sticks out the most started in 2015. I was lonely. I was so isolated in my life. I was very disconnected. I was very bitter, resentful, and grateful. And for all intents and purposes, outside looking in, it looked like I had it all, right? And this, my story is unfortunately not all that uncommon. Mm -hmm. So my outsides didn't match my inside. I was not a very emotionally, mentally, physically well person. And I took that out on my loved ones, my family. And I had tried everything to, quote unquote, fix myself in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, The one thing I hadn't done was divorce my husband. And so I came back from a retreat all ready to tell him and be my grown ass woman. And so we started the divorce proceedings. And in the 11th Mm. hour, it was the day we told our daughter, who at that time would have been 10. It's the day we told her that night I could not fall asleep. I just over and over, my mind was saying, this isn't actually what you want. You haven't done the work yourself, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I woke up the next morning 
Well, I, I don't know that I even really slept that night, but mm. I, when he woke up, I, I told him, I think I'm making a huge mistake. Are you open to talking and, and not going through with this? Which of course he was, yes, please. Cause he didn't want this. He knew how isolated and lonely I was and that this was only going to make my life worse. So he was happy that I came to that same realization. And that's when I started doing the work because wherever you go, there you are. <laughs> right. Right. And- wow. That's really powerful. Cause I think there are a lot of people out there, myself included, I'm going to include myself here, but we feel things that we don't want to feel. Yeah. And so then we look around and we're just like, what can I choose? What can I blame on this feeling? Like, oh, it's you. I've been together with you for two decades. It must be you. He had become the effigy in my life. Mm. And he was the one person who had always supported me. He had loved me no matter what. He was the one person who time and time again had my back. And here I was going to just walk away from that. That's how unwell I was. Why do you think that is? Why do you think that that's what you pointed to as the problem? Because I had tried everything else. I had gone off on wonderful adventures with my girlfriends, uh, leaving the kids and my husband at home, Mm -hmm. overspending, hiring coaches. I've spent a lot of money on coaching and I love coaching. I'm a coach myself, but I was hiring women to validate me. Yeah. To give me that mama nurturing energy that I didn't have growing up. And I still, I wanted validation from other women. That's so interesting because I think based on what I've seen with you and definitely with myself, when I coach women, I don't coach them to follow my methods. I coach them to show the fuck up yeah, (laughs) and to actually listen to that voice Mm-hmm. inside that that knowing that we have mm-hmm. as grown ass women, you know what you need, mm-hmm. you just might be too afraid to do it. Yeah. And and that's okay. Like I'll help I'll listen to the fears and I'll call you out when there's certain ones that I'm like, Oh, that's an interesting story. But I'm going to be so bold to say if there's a coach out there who's like, follow my guaranteed five step mm-hmm. blueprint method bullshit, whatever. Mm-hmm. run the other way. Do not yeah. write a check. Yeah. <laughs> Do not slap down a credit card yeah. because they are not the ones who are living within your body. Right. Right. And so they need to be pulling out more of you and yeah. not less of them. Yes. I mean, mm-hmm. do, you, do you, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I do have something I call the self method, but it's really mm. a framework or a, a sandbox, if you will. We start with desire, well, that's the S. <laughs> and then we, we end with F, which is, you know, hopefully falling in love with yourself or at least in like with yourself in your life. Right. And so it, it's this loose structure of here's where we're going to start. Here's where we're going to end and yeah. how we move through that. That's the magic, right? right. That's what's right. unique to each individual person. So what were you looking for in these coaches and what were you actually getting from them? Yeah. So whether it was life or business or health coaching, uh, really what it was, was again, a a woman. Because if you remember, I shared, I was very lonely and you would have never guessed it, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But I had no females in my life that were there to help support. My mom was not it. She was still in my life then, but she was not that person for me. Mm -hmm. So I was paying these, these women coaches spending thousands of dollars, putting my my family at financial risk, to be honest, but having them say, oh, Jen, you're so great. You're so amazing. Rah, rah, rah. You know, and I look back and I'm like, how pathetic. But that's, that was the the truth of who I was at that point in time. I was willing to put my family at financial risk so that I could feel whole. And that Mm -hmm. was not the path. The path was to go inward and 
do the work for myself and stop trying to outsource it to everything. Right. So what does that look like? Do the work. Yeah. You know, I had a vision. I would lie in bed at night and I would worry about this 80 year old me who was bitter, resentful, angry, and no one was going to come to her funeral. And how embarrassed would my family feel when no one else showed up to my funeral? Like Mm -hmm. that was a very real fear of mine. Mm -hmm. I also had this vision of me at 80, and I don't know why 80 years old. It's I, I love little old ladies, but me at 80, who is vibrant and alive. And, you know, you read stories about women in their 90s jumping out of airplanes or starting their business or writing their first book. Right. And I'm like, that's who I'm going to be. And I just, I realized that the trajectory I was on was skewed to the bitter, resentful old woman. That's what I used to kind of guide my thinking to the other way of like, okay, if I want to be alive and vibrant at 80, what do I need to do today? Where do I need to focus my efforts to be very corporate here? Right? (laughs) Where do I need to focus and do that work? It looked a lot like learning how to mother myself. So instead of Mm. outsourcing this need for women to validate me, I started thinking, how do I validate me? How do I heal that mother wound? Because my mom is never going to be the mom that she's my mom, yes, but she's not going to be able to give me what I need to be. And part of that was healing the relationship with her, right? It's like no longer expecting her to fulfill something in me that she was not able to fulfill. Right. Was she ever able to? No, no, no. She passed a couple of years ago. It's almost a couple of years ago. And I was there up until the very end. And it was a very brutal, brutal and beautiful process to watch her dying and helping her write her obituary Mm. and being the loving daughter who could be there for her mother, no matter what the relationship had been to that point. Yeah, that's pretty powerful because I bet there are a lot of people listening who might relate to that. Like, you know, we're in our 50s. Parents are passing if they haven't already. And sometimes with complicated relationships. Mm -hmm. And with that, I don't know, I feel like sometimes when a person's alive, there's like maybe a little bit of hope in the back of your head that like things might miraculously change one day. Yeah. And then after they pass, it's like what it was is what it was. Yeah. And so there's a lot of conflicting feelings. But how were you able to show up in that way? Mm-hmm. When it sounds like maybe you had some pain and resentment toward her? Yeah, that first. So when she received the news that she was dying, it was about a three week time frame. Mm. She was in the nursing home. And I, I went there. And at first, I was just kind of annoyed, like that she was rejecting hospice. She was rejecting the care. She wasn't being a very kind person. I found myself like going to that, that safe place of being angry with her. Mm. Right. And something stopped me and I can't tell you what, but I said, Jen, she is going through something that is heartbreaking and she is scared as, as anything. She Mm. has just been given this devastating news she is a hurting human being. How can I show up with kindness and compassion, regardless of any complications along the way? And so that's what I decided to do. Wow. Was it perfect? No, but it was just, it was such a 
again, of this very brutal but beautiful experience. I got to ask her, like, I never knew she loved the round licorice. That's like the the pinwheel licorice. Uh-huh. That was her favorite candy as a kid. Oh. I never knew that. So we just, we talked, we reminisced, we shared. She told me I needed to learn how to love more. <laughs> <laughs> and I was able to let that roll off my back mm. and not mean make it mean anything about me. Was she right? No. <laughs> I've, I've come so far yeah. in, in how I show love and how I receive love. That's part yeah. of that emotional healing and wellness is I know how to let my husband love me now. Mm. And is the way he loves in his life – is it compatible with how you need to receive love? Ooh, that's a great question. Because I think sometimes that's some some of the challenge, yeah. right? Yeah. From an intimate perspective, no. But from everything else, absolutely. He's he's a wonderful partner. Yeah. Yeah. Dive into that a little bit more. Intimate in what way? Like in what way? Well, like sex. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> So he doesn't show love the way that you want to receive right. love in the right. okay. in the in the <laughs> in intimate, the bedroom in the bedroom. <laughs> um, but in terms of how he supports me, yeah. how he encourages me, how he's proud of me, how he does little things to I, actually not little things he does big things to make my day to day life better. Um, mm. He does a lot of the caretaking around the home. He's the mm. more nurturing parent, but. Me in 2015 was almost resentful that he was so good at everything I was so bad at. Mm. And me today is able to say we each have our strengths. He knows I'm building my business while also working a day job. And so my my spoons I have each day are limited. And so he takes over doing some of the work that he's like, I don't mind doing it. And so, right. you know, are we sharing 50-50 from a household perspective? Absolutely not. He's taken that on and, and kind of run with it because he knows how important coaching is to me and building my business and working with women and what have you. Right. The work is, you know, realizing here are the ways that he shows love. And when he's proud of me, it's like, oh, I can be proud of me too. Instead oh. of like, whatever. Yeah, that's beautiful. And I will say that sometimes, you know, that compatibility of like how we show love, like, my husband edits this podcast Mm, and sometimes I don't have it ready for him until six o'clock on the night. It goes up at midnight, you know, and (laughs) and then I'm so frustrated with myself and I'm, Oh, I have to stay up late again. It's like, you didn't even give it to him. So um, thank you, honey. Thank you. Instead of taking it out (laughs) on him. Right. It's like recognizing like, Oh, okay. I'm putting you in a bit of a, a tight spot. And thank you so much for supporting me. Totally, totally. And I do try to be better with that. Like we we actually got started. We knew each other for four years before we got together. But two of those years, we worked in a tiny edit bay together. I was the producer and he was the editor. And so we work well together when it comes to creatively and and yeah. Um, and so sometimes I think I, it's so easy to go back to that space where I'm like, all right, this is what I have. Go make it, you know, make yeah. magic. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm like, can you take out the trash? Can you do this? Can you, do yeah. that? you know, <laughs> we each work in IT and kind of in this project manager role. And so we have to be really careful that we don't project manage each other yeah. because that's our, our tendency. Like you get done with your day and you're like, okay, da, 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 da. it's like, whoa, hold up. This is not the relationship. 
for this. Right, right. It's a good point. You have to kind of go back and go, what is it that I actually want in a relationship? Because yes. I don't, I don't want to micromanage his day either, you know, and I no. find sometimes us jumping into that role, especially when we both right. work from home. Exactly. And we're, you know, when he's helping me with some of my projects, it's easy. It's easy to get back there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. So how did you go from like, here you are 2015, things aren't going well, you're spending, I'm just gonna say a shit ton of money on yep. coaching. That's not necessarily getting you where you want to be. Where in this are you like, not only am I feeling better, now I want to help other people feel better. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've been a coach Actually, I've been a mentor since I'd say high school. I had experiences in high school. I've always been the one to take you under my wings and love you, believe in you, etc. Right. And then through my corporate work, I had done lots of team coaching and I've been trained in it from, from an IT software development perspective. Um, so coaching comes very naturally to me. Mm-hmm. So when I went through and I had been a coach before 2015, so I, I had been doing it for quite a while. But I had to go through the experiences that I went through for me to be who the coach I am today, obviously, right? Yeah. The coach who is putting herself out there, who is adding value, adding to the conversation, what have you. And so I think it's just this natural progression for me to figure my shit out, to be honest, and then mm-hmm. work with other women. Because again, I've been doing it dating back to high school, even before then. Yeah, it's a natural place. And then like coaching just became this explosive yeah industry i'm yeah. going to admit right here that like i hate the term life coach oh me too <laughs> i've battled it for like a decade i yeah. hate the term yeah what do we call I, ourselves <laughs> I, I don't know but i've always i have actually replied to uh, some people when they're pitching people for the podcast, I'm like, I am not the white life coach podcast. Like, stop. There has to be other voices right? out there because it's, oh my gosh, I'm probably going to so make bad. some a- enemies here, but like, That's it's okay. one woman after the next woman after the next woman who is like offering the same, like, love your life, you know, and it just, that's, I think one of the reasons that I gravitate a little bit more toward your mm-hmm. content because you're like ballsy and figure like, your shit out. Yeah. Right. And it's like, I'm going to support you in figuring your shit out. I've got some questions to ask you that will help you get there. Right. I'm not going to tell you how to get there. Yeah, this is what I wanted to double tap on is previously you said, you know, that inside we do know what we need and want. So many women, and I don't know if you experience this too, but so many are like, I don't even know what I need or want. And I'm calling BS (laughs) on it. I'm saying you absolutely do know inside the, the trick is to silence your head and get yeah. into your heart, right? Silence the ego, get mm. into your heart and just be radically, ruthlessly honest with yourself. Yeah. Right. Cause I do think you do know. I think, you know, for the most part, I also think we're afraid to say it. Oh, absolutely. Like how and scary to is feel that safe. to say, yeah, to say, I want to start my own business. Yeah. Making water bottles. Like I want, I'm just looking at, <laughs> looking at what's in front yeah. of me. You know, I, I would like to be a speaker and get on stage. I'd like to, like, at least for me, the way I grew up, it was like needing attention. I'm mm-hmm. using my, my air quotes was a weakness. Oh, they're just doing that for attention. Yeah. Oh, yeah. they need so much attention. So and much. like, especially being one of 13. It's like, oh, yeah, I do need 13? a little attention. Is that so bad? <laughs> like, yeah, I don't want to be lost in the sea. <laughs> Please don't forget right? about me. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
exactly. I'm number 11 of 13. And so, oh my goodness. And I come from a very like big and boisterous and like funny, Uh, like great sense of humor. Yeah. Lots of opinions. And so you got to kind of find your way to stand out in the areas that you want to stand out. Right. I think sometimes, and I've talked to other guests about this too, like being loud is not the way. Mm hmm. Right. Just, just being loud for the sake of being loud. Yeah. I may resemble that remark (laughs) when I was younger. And now it's like speaking up for what you believe and where you feel your voice is needed. Yes. Um, it's not just being loud for the sake of being loud anymore. I love that. You know, and so in some ways I've gotten quieter because I, I want to be impactful when I do have something to say. Yeah. That like I mean this, so, so I, sit I down really and mean take it. notice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I want to do. Is I just I envision myself reaching out to these women, gently shaking their shoulders, not like <laughs> aggressive, but you know, just like figure your shit out. Like you're yeah. so amazing, you're so wonderful. The world needs your voice, your yeah. presence, your uniqueness, like the world we know is hurting. It is broken. Mm. We need more people that are willing to take that step forward and say, I'm here to help solve the problems. Absolutely. And to encourage each other. Absolutely. Um, one of the things that happens a lot, and you used to podcast too, right? Didn't you have yeah, a podcast? Yeah, yeah. Yep. And, I'll be starting um, it up again soon or oh, cool. this year. Not cool, soon. Cool. This year, you'll totally be on. Excellent. Yeah. But one of the things that I notice is when I stop recording, especially with experts, right? So I worked in TV for 25 years. I've worked with a lot of experts, like Mm. medical experts, a variety of ways, right? I've had them all on the show. You could like go through and see all Mm -hmm. the experts. But while a woman may be really solid and confident in her expertise, she may also not be as confident in sharing her message with the world. Yeah. You know, and and putting yourself out there. And so I have found myself a few times talking to a guest after we stop recording, giving her some like marketing strategy or some encouragement, some coaching, just trying to help out. On the flip side, I recently did an interview with an author who, as soon as we stopped recording, she asked me if I had a vision to write a book, which I do. And she started coaching me and offering her feedback on a manuscript. So one of the things that I love about your coaching and also just being in this quote unquote midlife industry is elevating each other absolutely with no expectation in return. It's such a wonderful, liberating place to be Yeah, when you realize that someone else's success, all of us can lift each other up. Absolutely. And in fact, when somebody else has that success and you were there to encourage them, yeah. it feels so good. Yeah. Like I, I'm wholeheartedly cheering these women on other women in, in our space. Yep. Um, for yeah. sure. Which we need more diversity in this space. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. Um, and, and I think, listen, if you want to start a podcast and you want to be part of the grown ass creative network, message me. Um, <laughs> hello at grown ass woman dot guide. I love that. But I agree with you. Like, I think we need more grown ass voices with just a variety of points of view. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Do you mind if I ask you a question? Do it. You're my co-host. What does grown ass <laughs> mean to you? Being a grown ass woman, I apologize more freely mm. for 
things I have done that may have harmed or hurt another person, whether intentional or not. I don't say like, that's not what I meant. Like, I just, oh, I'm so sorry that that's, I try to, but I also don't apologize for existing. Yeah. Yeah. That makes me crazy. That whole like, I I noticed this, I think it was when I was at Elton John with my 17 year old son, which we saw his last show in North America. Oh my gosh. Amazing. The most incredible experience. Yeah. But every time a person would come by, you know, you're at a stadium, you have to move your legs. Sometimes you have to stand up, whatever it is, you let people by. And men would say, oh, excuse me. And he's like, no, no problem. And that would be it. A woman would be like, excuse me. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Like as if she's the only yeah. person inconveniencing other people. And I'm like, stop apologizing. Like saying excuse yeah. me and being polite is awesome. Yeah. But we do that. We're like, I'm sorry for this. And I'm sorry for that. And if you're listening and I just encourage you mm-hmm. to catch yourself. Yeah. Catch yourself and notice how many times you're apologizing for having an opinion. You're apologizing yeah. for having a need. Mm-hmm. You're apologizing for, like I said, existing. Right. And a grown ass woman takes responsibility for herself, knows her role in things, but doesn't apologize for what she shouldn't be sorry for. Yeah. That's one thing. I think it's also, at least for me, when I think of if I've disappointed someone, I've come to the point where I'm like, that's an expectation they had on me that I didn't have Mm. on myself. And I'm not going to own. Again, if I've shown up in integrity, I've not hurt or harmed in any way, I'm not going to take what they're feeling and put it on me. They get to have their own experience, their own journey. As long as I'm in integrity, I'm okay with myself. Right. And especially an unexpressed expectation. Yes. But but also the flip side, right? If you have an unexpressed expectation of another person and they don't live up to it, that's your shit. It is one of the (laughs) most unfair things to do to people Yeah, is to not express your expectations and then be angry when they're not met. Yeah. And I'm just like sitting in this for a second because I think I could even improve better. I can improve more on that. Absolutely. But you touched on it. It's the awareness. Yeah. Right. We're going to be humans. We're going to mess up often multiple times a day. But it's like being more aware and intentional and be like, ooh, that's really, uh, yeah, I kind of own, I need to own that one. Going back to owning your shit. I need to own that and try better next time. Yeah. Another thing I believe a quality of a grown ass woman is or at least I'm trying to be, is a little bit softer as well. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. our generation, Gen X specifically, I'll talk about, you know, we were sort of the middle of like that women can have it all, yeah. you know, and women are tough and we want to compete in the boardroom and also be like a sex kitten in the bedroom and, yep. you know, trying to be all of these things. And one of the things that that created in me and and one of the things I like about myself is like, I'm tough. Mm-hmm. I'm resilient. Like you can knock me Tenacious. down and it might, <laughs> yeah, it might take me a couple of days to get up, but I'm getting up yep. and I'm getting up stronger. I'm really trying to lean into the softness of going, ow, that hurt. Yeah. And I am feeling pain and fear and being able to express that as opposed to expressing it in like, you're not going to F with me. Right. But, 
but actually feeling the feelings genuinely. I'm right there with you. And I wonder why at our age, this is, and maybe it is because we've grown into grown ass women, but why are we at that stage of wanting that softness too? Cause I'm, I'm right there with you. You know, I'm mm. a very, very corporate. I wouldn't say I'm type A. I'm, I'm a creative corporate person, but you know, I'm driven. I get shit done. I can be tough as nails. I can be strong, resilient, tenacious, yeah. but it's that softening is such a beautiful process. And yeah. I love witnessing it in other women too. I have a friend going through it right now. And I'm like, this is the most beautiful. I'm so honored to, to, have you share this with me? Mm. I think it's necessary because putting up those walls yeah. of like mental and emotional toughness all the time is exhausting. exhausting. I'm so ti- I'm so tired, Jen. I'm so tired. Yeah. You know, like I love that somebody, you know, people are like, oh, this person's strong and Jackie, you're strong. And, you know, I, I like we've all at this point, yeah, we've all been through a lot in our lives. Our challenges may look different, but we've all ex- yeah. experienced challenges. And what if like, and I'm not saying sit in this level of like, just sobby pain all the time. No. But it just leads me to this conversation I had recently. I did these episodes about kidney donation. Because I've learned a lot about kidney donation because December 28th, we were told that our 17-year-old son will be on the kidney transplant list, which he went for his evaluation March 1st. This has really kicked my ass. Yeah. You know, I, my kids have all a variety of different needs and they all have their own unique challenges. But this particular one, I thought that I would be the one to give him a kidney like Mm. that. That was like a no brainer for me. Like, of course, I got this. I gave birth to you. I'm going to give you my kidney. We're mm-hmm. going to like, you know, you, me, team, high five. Come on, let's do this. And then I got a call. I was literally stepping onto the boat in uh, Disneyland, the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. Mm-hmm. And they told me that I was not a good candidate to give him a kidney because of my age. And so I spiraled. And it's still like very, very raw for me. Yeah. Because I think that's how I was dealing. With the fear that I have was like, I'm going to fix it. I got Mm -hmm. you, you know? And then when someone says like, no, it's not going to be you. Like you could support him obviously and love him and get him through this, but you're not giving him your kidney. I was really upset. And so I had this conversation with a friend who talked about like, oh no, you just push through. You just push through. Like, Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hard, but everything's going to be okay. He'll get a donor and you just push through. And another friend who has a child with chronic illness said, you know, sometimes you have to stop and feel it. Yeah. It doesn't mean that I'm going to sit in the fetal position until whenever right. it is that he needs to have surgery. But I'm a big believer when stuff like that happens, like go ahead and sit in it for a minute, like feel it all. Mm -hmm. express it all, express the fear, express the sadness, express those lost expectations, you know, and then move on. So what is your path for feeling some of this stuff? You know, I, I go back to the experience with my mom and her, her final weeks of passing and being there and my tendency, and I could feel it coming was to take over, be the bull in the China shop, make sure the staff was doing everything, which the staff was absolutely wonderful. It was very moving into that type A project manager role. I could feel myself. 
And I just, grown ass Jen said, no, we are not doing this. We are going to feel, I just got goosebumps. We're going to feel the pain of losing this woman who gave birth to you. We're going to Mm -hmm. sit with this woman who is scared and we're going to give her comfort, right? I'm going to have the most beautiful experience I can. I'm going to help her have hopefully a a good dying. I mean, that sounds so weird to say. No, but it's- You know what I mean. Yes. Right? But it's like, we're going to celebrate the hell out of her. We're going to cry. We're going to laugh. We're going to be silly. We're, you know, all of the things. Mm -hmm. If I had- if I had let type A Jen take over, I wouldn't have had that experience. I wouldn't have been able to give my mom that experience. Right. And so I think of it as, you know, you use the word softness. I also think of the word tenderness. Mm. I'm willing to be tender because even though it was one of the hardest things I will ever have to go through in my life, I would not want to not have that experience. Yeah. I think you get to a certain point where you realize that it is kind of beautiful being with someone who's going. Yeah. You know, to have that, that time, um, not to get all heavy and <laughs> sad. That's what um, we do here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you know, again, it's, if I go back to gently shaking the shoulders of women and like you, I attract strong women. And I mm. like to say, you know, strong women need other strong women to fall yes. apart. Because yes, yes, we get it. Right. Yes. <laughs> but to gently shake the shoulders and it's like, I don't want you to miss out on life. And part of mm. life is the pain, the brutalness, the beautifulness of the moment. Yeah. Like we're giving up so much by putting those masks and facades and I'm a strong woman, take no prisoners. We're giving up so much. And I'm here to say it's not worth it. Like yeah. stop doing that. Yeah. But, you know, we've been trained. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Vulnerability is a weakness, Jen. I know. Trust me. I know. I've worked in corporate for like almost 30 years. I get it. Right? So you've been corporate 30 years. Is there a fear of aging out? It actually has just started. Mm. The fear. Mm-hmm. I'm in a very good position. My boss is a wonderful, wonderful human being. I followed him from our old company but I question, like, I don't see myself at 60. I'm going to be 53 soon. I'm like, at 60, I don't see myself. I mean, I work with people in their early 20s. You know, they're not going to yeah. want to work with someone who's 60. Maybe they will because I'm I'm kind of the cool older aunt, right? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's absolutely a fear. Yeah. And Is your boss started. older than you are? What's that? No. Is your... He's probably at least a decade younger. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's very real, especially like my television background. Like, it's funny. I was talking to a friend recently who is one of the kindest producers and executives I've ever worked with. And she said, I feel like my kindness has gotten in the way of my career success. And I said, actually, if you look at the women that we knew that were not so kind, they're not working in TV anymore. Mm. So, you know, maybe that kindness is actually what has given you that longevity. Yeah. Because people want to work with you. You're a positive. And I don't mean like kindness. I just mean no, like she's a I know positive human being. Yeah. Um, but, you know. I, I add positive energy. I don't take negative. I don't zap. I'm not an energy vampire. Yeah. <laughs> um, so like I said, I think I'm I'm kind of viewed as the cool older aunt. Yeah. Um, which which I love. You yeah. Know? And, and there's value in that. So much value. Do you find that you can see things more clearly but while other people can't necessarily see it yet? I think so. And I think it's where I notice it is 
When viewing my coworkers, I can pick up on when someone is struggling. Like I'm more easily able to to say that person is struggling. How can we support them? Right. That person is ready for more. How can we give them more? Mm-hmm. Um, but just being able to kind of read people and where they're at and what they're going through, whether it's struggling or, or ready for more work, what have you, um, that's definitely come with age for me. Yeah. I think empathy, just because of all the lessons and experiences I've had, it's just my empathy cup just keeps being filled up, being filled up. Yeah. And something a, a, a manager said to me years ago was because I was frustrated with a coworker. And she said, you know, Jen, no one comes to work wanting to do a bad job. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, okay. Like, <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. But how do I not be frustrated with this person? And, you know, the flip side of that frustration is the empathy and working mm-hmm. to understand what might be going on in their life and how can I help support? Yeah. Without taking on the responsibility, right? Well, that's where I was going to ask is like, where's the boundary of your empathy? Yeah. You know, yeah. because we could just sit here and feel everybody else's feelings all day yeah. long and take on their stuff. Oh, for sure. Especially as a coach. Yeah. Yeah. A current coworker of mine, she likes to talk about the monkey on your back. Mm. And does the monkey belong on your back or does it belong on someone else's back? And allow others to own what they own. Yeah. That's how I set the boundary is this isn't mine to own. And how can I be supportive to that person as best as possible? I work with someone who is very open about his autism and ADHD and, and other stuff. And, you know, I can see ways to help him and we have a very good relationship. So it's like, let me help you because it's going to help me in the long run as I'm trying to manage the project, what have you. Hmm. Right. But I think it's, you have to know that the person is open to that and isn't going to take it as like, oh, she's trying to take over my stuff or. Right. And that's another thing that I am working on. And another thing that makes us grown ass women is understanding that when somebody needs help, that's great. And you can provide that Mm -hmm. help, but not everybody wants your help. Yeah. I'm going to say that oh again. My gosh. Not everybody wants your help. And number two, they may not want your help in the way that you give help. Yes. That's a big one for me, especially with kids. Yeah. I'm going through that right now with my daughter. She's a senior in high school, so she's going off to college in the mm-hmm. fall. She's moving multiple states away. It's like a 24-hour drive to be able to get to her. Wow. There's so much I want to help her with that she doesn't want to help with. And I'm like, but I'm your mom, <laughs> you know? Right. And it's for a while there, I, I was creating tension that just really didn't need to be there. Mm. And so what I'm trying to is how can I help her without putting Jen all over it? Yeah. I don't have the answer. I'm working. Well, so if anyone listening has, has <laughs> guidance for me, please. I, I think one of the things that I'm trying to ask more and my help is, how can I best support you in this? Yeah. What do you need from me? Yeah. Because she might surprise you. Absolutely. And again, I have to remind myself, she gets to have her own experience. If she doesn't have the best damn college or or dorm room organization, (laughs) it is not because of my lack of trying. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But she'll get there on her own. And and it's it's the same with kids. It's the same with partners. It's the same with friends. You know, I... I see certain things with some of my girlfriends where I'm like, oh, I could help you in this way. And they're like, I don't want help that way. Like, yeah, it's, you know, we, sometimes people refer to the love languages, right? In relationships, but there's also love languages in friendship. 
Absolutely. And in parenting and any sort of relationship. And it's full circle. So this is a perfect way to end because (laughs) we may express love in a certain way and receive love in a certain way. And just being grown ass is like understanding that everybody, we all have our own unique way and just Mm -hmm. trying to be aware. You don't have to change who you are. You don't have to like, like you should be content and confident and how you give and receive love. But at the same time, be aware that not everybody else is just like you. And don't take it personally. If yes. your love isn't received the way that you intended, don't, it may, it means nothing about you as a human being. Right. Absolutely. So is there anything that you want the grown ass woman's guide audience to know, to feel, to mm. think like what, what's the lesson you've learned? Yeah. <laughs> recently? Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of my favorites is it's never too late. You're never too old, but you do kind of need to get going. Mm. <laughs> so don't wait. Yeah. We don't know how much time we have. Yep. We don't know no what tomorrow brings. And so stop putting it off. That thing yeah. you want to do, the travel or the new career. Yeah. You know, the, or just the feeling better in your life. Yeah. Like, Becoming that emotionally whole feeling person, because what doesn't become possible for you? To connect with all things Jen, visit jenvertanen.com. That's J-E-N-V-E-R-T-A-N-E-N.com. She also has a quiz on her site that is super fun. It reminds me of those Cosmo quiz days. Check it out. Follow grownasswoman.guide on all the social channels and join our free and private Facebook group. I'd love to connect there. For a transcript of this episode and more, visit grownasswoman.guide. Thanks for listening. Until next time, remember, you are a grown-ass woman. Act accordingly. The Grown-Ass Woman's Guide is produced by Grown-Ass Creative, a podcast production and marketing agency that provides career and professional development opportunities to women over 40. For more, visit grownasscreative.com. Spring has sprung, and with the change of seasons, sometimes comes an increase in vitality. If you're feeling in the mood for a little more personal time, may I suggest Coconut. Coconut is all about providing clean and natural ingredients when you're enjoying your most intimate moments, with or without a partner. Naturally safe products developed by people who are obsessed with quality. Get 15% off with promo code GROWNASS at grownasswoman.guide forward slash coconut. That's 15% off with promo code GROWNASS at grownasswoman.guide forward slash coconut.